I'm Paul Sutton, and this is Digital Download, the show where I talk to topic experts on digital marketing, social media, and public relations about the things that matter in today's communications industry. Today's show is the second half of my conversations with the leaders of three communications agencies who are disrupting the conventional model. John Brown from Don't Cry Wolf, Daryl Sperry from Hard Numbers, and Carrie Rose from Rise at Seven. In the last show, we covered the unique nature of those three businesses and revealed why they're enjoying the success they are. Today, we're looking at agency models, responsibility for change, and at some of the bullshit that surrounds the industry. But we're starting off this show by taking a look at what's happened in 2020. Now, I've run several shows in the last few months looking at the potential impact of COVID-19 on the communications industry. But what do my three guests think the impact has or will be on how we work and how we do business? Here's Daryl. I think in so many categories, in so many ways, when you look externally in the world, COVID is just this massive accelerant on things that were already there. You know, if you look at agencies, you know, Hotwire had a brilliant initiative uh, called Thoughtful Working, which it had in place globally. And the CEO of, uh, of Hotwire, Barbara Bates, would, would always say, work is a thing you do, not a place you go. And, you know, that the agency would work in that way. And that gave me the platform to be able to move down to the South Coast, you know. So I live in Bournemouth, you know, but I'll commute up to London for work. And I've kept a flat in London so I can stay there for a few days at a time, for example. But that has given me the opportunity to to work remotely, to work where I want, you know, all the rest of it. And COVID has just made every agency have to do that and have to work in that way. So everyone now is using tools like Zoom, Dropbox, um, you know, uh, for messaging, apps like Guild, you know, all those kind of things to basically communicate with one another and have platforms to, to, to engage with, with one another. Carrie tells me that she's seen budget allocations evolve significantly this year and agrees with Daryl that the pandemic has accelerated changes that were already happening. What we've seen now more than ever is that we always thought SEO is going to be the marketing channel. So I'm talking, you know, the most dominant. Previously, you know, TV, advertising, offline, um, people spent a lot of money on that, but budgets have gone completely dropped and everything's going into SEO. What we've seen, especially some clients that we've won, such as Kath Kidson. Kath Kidson was a client that we won during COVID. And what we saw is that the budgets move completely from, you know, the brand side all the way into SEO. For once, the SEO team within Kath Kidson is, have, is having a voice because it's the center of it. They need to rank. They need to get their products out there. So the SEO, the digital PIs, it's, I think that was coming. I think, like you said, COVID has just accelerated, made it a lot faster. John, on the other hand, believes it's simply too early to understand whether the changes that we're seeing are lasting. There's been a lot of intent signalled uh, during COVID. So an intent to, for the world to slightly slow down a touch, for there to be um, kind of uh, a more sustainable approach to how we um, shop uh, a more considered approach to how we you know, choose our supply chain or how organizations and how the co- economy is even structured. And there was, some th- there was these fantastic noises around you know, what, 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 what impact COVID is going to have in terms of uh, re-establishing and resetting um, uh, an economy and a society that's kind of spun out of control. And I got very excited. And then Weatherspoons opened. 
and no one gave a fuck anymore. Now, this is a fair point. Weatherspoons was widely condemned back in March for refusing to pay its 43,000 staff until it was reimbursed under the government's furlough scheme. It advised them instead to seek work in Tesco. I wrote about it for the HuffPost UK. And yet, once the pubs reopened, people flocked back and all of the social outrage seemed to be forgotten. That said, however, we are starting to see consumers considering the brands they're buying from and the brands they're associating themselves with. People are seeing through marketing veneers and looking for something more real. There is a, a little bit of a leaning towards understanding the impact of, you know, getting outdoors, spending time with other people. Um, and, and that, you know, brands will probably start aligning a little bit more to a kind of, you know, a more natural, um, potentially sort of post-perfectionist sort of stance which is, you know, we're not trying to showcase perfection, we're just trying to showcase, you know, reality, normality, humanity. Um, so I think that is kind of happening and and organisations and brands and, and, you know, comms agencies and creatives will start to work in that, uh, in that field. But what's utterly crucial is that it's not just campaign-led, that it's actual real change that happens. So, so that a business doesn't just go straight into the whole, hey, you know, people start caring about nature, so we're going to plaster trees on all of our products. No, there's actually some real sustainable change that happens internally first before it's projected externally. So given this pressure from consumers, have clients finally seen through all of the bullshit that is spoken in the communications industry? Absolutely. I think there's so much bullshit in the industry, um, especially in comms. I think... Now clients are seeing through it uh, more than ever. And I think that's where we're doing so well. So in our marketing, you'll see all over on Twitter and LinkedIn and things like that. We're so transparent. We're so honest. And I know a lot of agencies say, oh, you know, we're, we're transparent and we, we're open about like what we do and things like that. But we really are. Even our the people that we hire, um, they, they are themselves online and we really kind of build up the people because that's what I think people clients buy into is people. And I think, yeah, clients are seeing through the bullshit now and they just want results listen to this statement that i took from a large agency's website our progressive approach aligns earned first data-driven creative with the customer journey to build relevance what does that even mean you know that is pr yoga babble that no one outside the industry would understand in fact i work in the industry and i don't understand it Right. Go into your C CFO or CEO's office and tell her or him that that is what you do. and That is what you'll spend your time and their money doing. And see how far that gets you. Meaningless, baseless statements on agencies, websites about needing to create brand love, you know, is not something that will be in the top 10 business goals. For the CEO of any client that I deal with. If you go into the CFO's office and tell them that you need to generate brand love, who earned first user-generated content, you might as well go and tell them that the ley lines in their head office are bad or their feng shui needs to be improved, right? If you can't explain what you do in words your man can understand, you don't understand the subject area well enough. John says that in the feedback Don't Cry Wolf gets from pitches, whether won or lost, it is often mentioned how brands really appreciate their transparency and their honesty. I'm like, fucking hell, we've been, we've been going for two and a half years and no one everyone's still spewing out the same old lines, the same old nonsense. Is everyone's still kind of hiding behind this sort of thin like veneer or thin veil of what they actually do and what they ha and how they should actually be addressing a brief. 
so I think they, they, they become, they're becoming wise to it because I think there's more agencies and more individuals um, like us that are prepared to have those difficult conversations and are prepared to stand up for what they believe in and, you know, call bullshit when they see it. But it's kind of, I guess it's like, it's like being unplugged from the matrix, right? You know, you, you kind of, you don't know that you're in it until someone kind of gives you the red pill. The changes, especially from a traditional PR background is, you know, you, you had to blag results. You had to kind of say, oh, you know, this has been seen by X amount of people and it was never really tangible. But now it is tangible more than ever. You can di do something and see the direct result of it. So I think clients have moved on from that um, and you have to deliver results. And that's why we're taking budgets from big creative agencies. They're coming to Rise at Seven because now we can, you know, we can do all that creative stuff whilst also telling them how good it was as well with the results. Um, so yeah, the bullshit stuff, uh, clients are seeing for it now. One thing that is common to all three agencies featured in this show, as well as others that are mentioned, is their commitment to transparency. Another is that they've by and large moved away from the traditional hierarchical role-based agency model that sells time towards a flatter skill-based model that sells results. Carrie tells me that Rise at Seven has never sold time since it started just over a year ago. We do have a day rate because clients ask for it, but I can't remember. I think out of the 48 clients that we work with, maybe two of us, what our day rate, day rate is, the way we charge is you get X um, for this price. So whether that's X amount of results or X amount of work that comes out of us. So the time part is less important now than ever, I think. Daryl picks up on the charging by time model as being a huge hindrance on investment in other areas that would benefit efficiency and productivity and profitability. I think the industry massively underinvests in two key areas, and that's tools and training, or, or more specifically, continuous professional development. If you look at SEO agencies, they make a substantial investment in tools to help them work more efficiently, identify opportunities, and measure the impact of what we do. The PR industry massively underinvests in tools, and agencies typically have an army of junior people doing highly repetitive tasks, which could be automated or streamlined. And they're not because the agency model is to sell that person's time for 120 to 140 pounds an hour. Um, and junior people on an account will normally be spending anything up to 20% of their time on this. You know, because we don't sell time at, at hard numbers, we sell results. We're not stuck in that vicious cycle. So we can make in a substantial investment in tools. Our junior members of staff are better able to spend their time on more valuable activities, doing better work and becoming better PR practitioners. And then the other key area that I, uh, you know, I think we underinvest in and as an industry is training and, and CPD. CIPR has 10,000 members, um, but there are less than 300 chartered PR practitioners in the UK. And rather than embrace chartered status as a badge of honour, many PR agency heads try and trash the status by saying they don't believe in it. If you give me the opportunity to immediately differentiate myself from 99.97% of my competition at pitch, I'll grab that opportunity with both hands. Now, both Daryl and Carrie say that although their agencies offer a diversified set of marketing communication services, understanding your own proposition is critical. 
what we as an agency are is people that solve problems. And instead of like yesterday, uh, when was it? No, Friday, we had a call with somebody and they said, this is our problem. And inst- instead of saying, oh, you need SEO, because they didn't need SEO. They didn't. It was a small website and they had a handful of visits every single day. So there was like, you don't need SEO. You need to build your brand. So we firstly have a digital team of digital strategists look on that account and actually say, this is what you need. It's a bit like a top line consultancy um, and say, if you need to you know, build up the brand, you want to drive X amount of visits a month instead of you know the handful this is actually what you need so I think we start off by just observing from a consultancy level and saying this is what we recommend we will say we're good at this we do this and this is what we don't do um, and we highlight that very very strict as in you know we don't do PPC we don't um, the the stuff that we do do is this but we don't kind of ram that down people's throats and say you know you need SEO like we did on Friday we said you need to build your brand you need content you need PR um, so that that was what we do so we start off from a digital strategy point of view understanding what they need and then we then we break it down of what that would look like across a 12-month period in one way if all you've got is a hammer everything else looks remarkably like a nail right so you know if someone comes to you and says um, they need to grow sales and and you've got uh, an account director an account manager an account exec um, at PR agency you're going to say oh well I need you know them to create a you know, PR campaign around you to, you know, help do X, Y, Z. I think the other thing to, to your point is being clear about what you do and what you don't do. You know, we've had, um, and there can't be many PR agencies or, or any agencies that have set up that have done this, but we've turned three pieces of business away already um, because we didn't feel like we were the right agency to deliver the brief for the client, or we felt like the things that the client needed weren't the things that we would do do best. The entire concept of turning away work will be alien to many agency owners. And being distinct and brave and disruptive and trying to drive change can come at a financial cost, according to John. We're trying to really drive change by actually being a little bit, a bit, a bit of an agitator, saying what we think and you know, sticking by our guns. And that actually costs us commercially. I'm telling you right now, that costs us commercially. We could have added more, not necessarily more zeros, but certainly more numbers to our bottom line since the day we started, if we had been prepared to fall in line. And I think that's fucking horrible. As you can hear, this is something John feels extremely strongly about. He questions why the more established agencies aren't taking this more seriously and leaving it instead to others to generate change. I feel as though the weight of the industry is on the shoulders of the upstarts like us or or those, you know, the other leaders in the in, in this agency world, like your manifests and your talker tailors, you know, these people that are really actually driving change. I would love it if like we could just have an alleviation of that pressure for a moment for something as big as an Edelman or one of those, you know, or a Ketchum to turn around and go, we will not pitch again until people pay us. So we will not answer a single pitch until there is a, an adjustment in the way the new business approach is done. Fantastic, because if they're doing it, we all can just fall in line, right? Ideas as radical as having a pitch process where you're actually paid for your time and effort and not just doing things the way they're done because that's just the way they're done probably doesn't fly with the big boys because that would involve actual effort and thought and risk. Such lumbering giants are slow to react and slow to evolve. 
But maybe, just maybe, the likes of Don't Cry Wolf and Hard Numbers and Rise at Seven are moving the needle. I think at the beginning, which is why we launched this, there was agencies that was just being too slow. I think they played it safe. They got into a routine of what they're good at and then they didn't adapt. And I think now that somebody's come up out there, Rise at Seven and changed things up, we're definitely seeing others do that as well. So, but I think they're being inspired by it. And I think that's a good thing. I think um, they're kind of following what we do, understanding why we've done it and then seeing, okay, that maybe that's the direction that we need to go in as well. Um, I, I kind of, I've actually been consulting a few businesses that have come to me for advice and said, you know, we're not growing like you guys or, you know, we're struggling during COVID. What is it that you can advise me to do? And we're happy to do that. And I've been helping uh, some business out. And we say, you know, what we've done is not kind of magic. It's not a I don't know, a perfect recipe, but it's personality. That's all it is. And I said, to find your story, find your personality and be different in that sense. I think I like to see other agencies kind of change things up and adapt and add new services or add new kind of techniques. And it's nice to see. Um, I think it obviously makes things a bit more difficult for us because then other agencies are trying to do the exact same thing of us. And even like campaigns, they're coming up with similar ideas. Um, but that's not a problem because I think what people buy into at Rise at Seven is is the people. And um, if we lose that, then we lose a big part of it, which is a problem in agency life. But I think it's the ideas, it's the culture, it's everything together is one thing um, rather than just the service that we offer. Carrie's point about welcoming competition and using that as inspiration for their own evolution is something that John also echoes. Actually, I'd much rather operate in a competitive landscape where is it where everyone is being true to themselves and to their identity of of work and approach um, and honesty. But yeah, I mean, right now, you know, certainly from the the, the reception that we're getting, it's it still seems fairly unique to a lot of people. You know, we've just been involved in a, in a, in a pitch process and we've had feedback from the investors, from the CEO and the COO that one of the primary reasons that they have, have decided to go with us, decided to work with us is because of our kind of transparency and because we challenged them in the pitch. And we really kind of said, well, no, what you're saying is dog shit. Like, it's nonsense like and not in, you know not in a sort of arrogant way but like also saying well look this you've you've said this and actually that's kind of nonsense that like this is what is it, what this is um and they said genuinely that we were the you know we we're the only team to do that well why i mean it was so glaringly obvious that this one element was just you know was just waffle was just kind of and 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 there was a sort of a hoo-ha around you know how how you should really focus on this and bring it to life and we're expecting great well, and we just sort of kind of turned around and went well sorry guys if that's what you're expecting we're not the ones for you because you're not going to get that because people don't care about that you know they care about other things and they just and, and that's part of the reason why we won the pitch because we were prepared to say this is nonsense and every other agency put forward a kind of, you know, a plan to execute something that they didn't believe in, which I just couldn't believe. I was staggered by it. These are the same agencies that portray this sort of market leading. You know, we're a, we're we're you know we're we're a top twenty agency. We're a force for like honesty and transparency, and we believe in you know being paid a fair wage for 
um, pitches and we don't put forward huge creatives. Bollocks, total bollocks. Because they're the same agencies that I'm pitching against. And um, when we turn around and go, well, do you know what? We're not going to pitch creative ideas because you're not paying us. Um, they We get a response from the client. Well, everyone else is. Well, go on then, off you go. You know, so I think like there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot wrong and broken with that new business system, which is why it gives a false positive because it costs clients sod all to put out 150 briefs, you know, other than a bit of time writing it when usually the briefs are fairly crap. Uh, so I think we're going to have this fantastic like overture. PR's picking up again. Look at all these new business briefs. I've heard so much about it. Well, no. So what's the solution to all of this? Is there a solution? Well, for me, it's very much about taking personal responsibility. Stop waiting for someone else to make the changes that you'd like to see and take control of your own destiny. If there's one learning from talking to Carrie, Daryl and John over the last two shows that I think you should take away, it's that being brave and doing something, anything, is better than doing nothing to drive change. If you're doing nothing, then in my view, you're complicit in the communications industry's slow decline. I'm going to quote Gandhi, which I never thought I'd do, Paul, to be honest, on your podcast. Um, You know, be the change that you want to see in the universe, right? I I think there are definitely, as you alluded to, you know, there are agencies out there that are trying to do things differently. I think we we researched the numbers, the hard numbers on this. There's something like three to 4,000 PR agencies out there, right? Just in just in our category, so you know you've got you've got to have a, a demonstrable point of difference, um, and that has to be real and genuine, and not just stuff you say on your website. And if you look at the last you know fifteen years, you know there haven't been a lot of agencies that have started off um, and tried to do things completely differently. I take my hat off to agencies like the PR Network, Don't Cry Wolf, who who I think have both done that. But that's what we've tried to do at Hard Numbers. I'm utterly convinced that the biggest problem is that we don't take care of our own destiny in this industry. And, you know, ah, oh, the new business system is broken. Okay, well, then next time a client asks a, a client asks you to put forward a creative idea, say no until you pay me some money. No, we're not going to do that because we because no one else is. Well, someone's got to fucking go first, right? Someone's got to go first, you know. Um, oh, we have a, you know we have a huge issue with the media relations landscape being eroded. Okay, we'll go and hire someone, go and spend some cash hiring someone senior from another discipline to bring that skill set into your. Well, we can't do that because you know we need to keep servicing our PR accounts. What what are you waiting for? I mean, like, uh, you know, it's it, it, it's it's the equivalent. I mean, you you've got kids, mate. Like, it's the, it's the equivalent of like. You know, a toddler. My toddler's coming up to me and going, "Well, I'm hungry." Okay, well, you know, go and, go and get a piece, get a piece of fruit. Well, I don't, you know, I don't want that. I want, I just want to be full. Well, you have to eat something, mate. Like, do do do, do you know what I mean? It's it, and and I think this is this is fundamentally the problem. Which it's so easy to talk a good game. It is so easy to say what's wrong with the industry and what what's bad about. You know the pitch process about media relations, about PR not having a top t- top seat at the table. Fine, we know what's bad. Like, do something differently. 
A massive thank you to John, Daryl and Carrie for their time and candidness making the last two shows. Please do check them out on Twitter. You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please do leave a review as this helps others discover the podcast. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.